Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. 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 While you're standing, Genesis chapter 1, man, I love what I feel in this house tonight. Amen. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Amen. There is liberty in this house today. Amen. I feel the same spirit here that I felt over in Boonville this morning. And I want to apologize for my late arrival. Uh, I usually like to try and get to church on time uh, to pray. But we uh, was having church and they got sort of carried away this afternoon. And uh, we let one altar call there to the other, another altar call. And we had people receive the Holy Ghost and, you know, the... the uh, you know what well, those Pentecostals folks do. So I told them, I said, I'm going to try and behave myself. I've got to be somewhere at 6 o'clock, so I'm here. And uh, I'm planning on the Lord having a great time tonight. I give honor to your pastor uh, for allowing me to brace this sacred desk. Amen. I take this opportunity. Don't take it lightly. Uh, humble by the opportunity. Give honor to my pastor. Love my pastor tonight. Amen. Amen. What will we be without a pastor covering? Thank God for my pastor, amen. I, I oftentimes wonder, uh, as an evangelist traveling to and fro, and he travels much as I do, and we never get time to sit down and just talk, and um, uh, I, I miss those times. But he told me here the other day, he said, I want you to be on the road. I don't want you to, I don't want you to be home. It's a bad, it, and I thought, man, that's, I can take that as a good thing or a bad thing. You know, you don't, you don't want me around? I want to be around. But he said, I want you on the road, and God has blessed us, and we've been on the road full time. Uh, we got this year covered. We're looking forward to next year. Uh, my wife is with me. She's not here in body. She has uh, had a little virus, so she's back at the motel. But I'm praying that she'll join us later on this week. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. I don't know how much voice I've got tonight, but I do know that tomorrow's a day of rest, and we can let it rest and recover. So I'm going to do my best to just sort of keep myself calm. But if this old thing goes out, I've got a couple hours to get it regrouped. So if you'll help me preach tonight, Genesis chapter 1, amen. In verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But then the Bible takes time to tell us, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Then when God start moving, then God said, let there be light. There was light. So in other words, the earth was about form and darkness. Chaos covered the world. But then God stepped on the scene and God started moving. And when God started moving, things started happening. I want to preach tonight with the help of the Lord on the subject. It still takes a move of God still takes the move of God. Would you help me pray tonight? Lord, I love you tonight. Thank you, God, for what we feel in this house. It's not by words of man's wisdom, but God, we need demonstration of the spirit and power to move here tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that you would move. God, that you would do what we cannot do, that you'll make up for our shortcomings. God, hide me behind the cross that you'll be glorified tonight, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint these lips of clay. 
God, make up for my shortcomings tonight, God, I pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Could you turn around and shake somebody's hand, greet them, let them know you look prettier than me tonight. And if you mean what you said, you can be seated. If not, you can remain standing and start running in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you believe I said that a couple of services ago and I had a young man, he took off running. And I thought, young man, you can stop if you want to. Amen. I uh, want to start tonight, try to get myself comfortable tonight by letting this great group of people know tonight that we are in revival times. This is the church's greatest hour. Amen. Can I say that again? That this is the church's greatest hour. Everywhere you go, these people need to hear about the goodness of God. Amen. We are so bombarded by so much negativity in today's society. Amen. There is wickedness on every corner. Amen. Racism is on every corner. Amen. Murders and killings is on every corner. And it seems as though all of this is now focused its attention on the church and the purpose of the church. It seems like, amen, everything that is portrayed as evil is now being spoken good of. And now the church is being spoken negative of. I believe it's in those times we need more than ever an unprecedented move of the Spirit of God. We need God to not just move in our churches, but we need God to move outside of these four walls, get down into these avenues, get down into the uttermost, into the guttermost, and compel them that this house may be filled with people who are in desperate need of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe that there are drug addicts are waiting to hear the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe it's time we're sick and tired of hearing about the doom and the gloom and the destruction of our current day. I believe it's time for the apostolics to stand up and proclaim this is our hour. This is our day. This is your moment. We're not going to take a back seat. We're not going to be pushed in a corner. We're not going to be silent. We're not going to be pious. We're not going to be intimidated because if God be for us, if God is on our side, amen, no weapon formed against the church shall prosper. I believe it's time, amen, for the people of God to proclaim that there is coming a movement, amen, for eye has not seen or ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared. Somebody shout, he's coming. So we find, amen, that, amen, our current world, amen, we can put our current world in the book of Genesis. This world is void and full of darkness. But I've come to remind you, friend, amen, that even though the world is cold and full of darkness, the only thing that needs to take place is we don't need more smoke machines. We don't need bright lights. Throw the programs out the window and give me an old-fashioned moving of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because programs won't save them. Fancy songs will not save them. But give me a church full of the Holy Ghost where lives will be turned upside down. Give me to some place where somebody can receive mercy and the grace of God that will pick them up out of the pit of despair and turn them around and put the Holy 
Amen. So we understand that. Amen. It's going to take a move of the Holy Ghost. It's going to take a move of God. Amen. Understand something tonight, friend. God, we are not waiting on God to move. God is waiting on the church. Amen. Too many times we sit back and relax in our apostolic lazy boys waiting on God to move. But can I tell you, it is up to us to usher in the presence of the Almighty. I'm talking about more than just the praise singers, more than just the worship leader. But the good book tells me to clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. He said, let everything that has breath, amen, to lift up your voice and begin to praise God. And we begin to praise God. There's going to come a sound from the heavens as of a rushing mighty wind. And it's going to fill the house. And people are going to get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching that every hand clap matters. Every amen matters. Every hallelujah matters if we want to see his glory. Every single person in the sound of a voice. You are important. Don't let the devil discount you and make you think that's because you're not a preacher that you're not important. Some of the greatest revivals I've ever been a part of started when one person who didn't have a microphone. One person who was not called of God. But one person who was full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Who realizes, if God's going to move, I want to be the one to initiate the movement. They didn't wait for the altar call to take place, no. They didn't wait for the preacher to give up and preach his brains out. But it took one person to step into the presence of the Lord. And God said, if it's going to be, it's going to be up to me. And when we got together in Jesus' name, and when we began to lift him up, he said, if I be lifted up from among the earth, there's going to come a holy drawing. And when God was lifted up among the earth, he began to pull backsliders back home. When God is lifted up above your problem, you focus more on the problem solver than you will. You've got to lift Jesus up. You've got to recognize on Sunday night, we got to have a moving of his spirit. It's not because of my words. It's by his power. If God's going to move, it's going to be up to us. I believe we have to get to that point where we, let, we learn to take all the limitations of what God wants to do. We want to pick and choose when God can and when God cannot move. Now, when I got to when I got in church in 99, I'm just a new convert to this thing. I'm still trying to figure this all out. When I got to church in 1999, the big thing was I can't wait to Sunday night church. We forget all about Wednesday night and we forget all about Sunday night, Sunday morning. But, man, when it comes to Sunday night, I'm talking about I've seen people that wouldn't worship on Sunday morning. But when they got Sunday night, is this okay? I'm okay. I'm trying to behave myself. When they got Sunday, I've always heard that first impressions mean a lot. So I'm trying to behave myself. I, 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 Friday night, Sunday night came and I watched them sisters that hit that note. Woo! Here they go, man. They, they, listen, they're cutting up a rug. And I watch some big mean guys, man, they're, they're worshiping, everybody's living. But then when it comes to Wednesday night Bible study, when 
it comes to Sunday morning, God has not changed. Our perspective of God has changed because our perspective says he can only move on Sunday. I got the Holy Ghost on Wednesday. My kids are baptized on Wednesday. My daughter received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on Wednesday, and she has autism. Amen. The God that I serve, he's not just limited to Sunday night, but the same God that'll move on Sunday, he's able to move on Monday, and she can move on Tuesday, and he can move on Wednesday. He doesn't take a day off. He doesn't have a vacation plan. God's not tired. He's not sick. Our pers- it's our perspective of when God can and when God cannot move. I can remember those sisters, man, on Sunday night, they would just go crazy. But you look at them on Sunday morning, they're sitting over here sawing logs. They put perspective, we put shackles on God, and, and God is wanting to move. And there are people in services who are hurting, and people who are broken, and the devil wants to keep you in your pew, but hear me, you are important in this thing called revival. Every elder, every Sunday school teacher, every youth, come on, we live in a dead generation, where the devil is sleeping and trying to destroy a young generation. We need every young pastor, we need every young pastor, I said, preacher, I agree, God God's going to do it. But if God's going to do it, it's up to me. If you're going to have revival, it's not up to God. It's up to you. It's predicated on how bad you want to see revival. It's predicated on how bad you want to see your kids saved. How bad you want to see every young person want to the, into the church. It's predicated on your worship and your praise and your perspective on how you see God. Amen. I mean, you know what I want to see? You know what I see? I see this church house full. Preacher, we don't see it, of course, because you're looking at things in the natural eye. But if you can look into the spirit, if you can tap into the Holy Ghost, I don't need everybody. I just need one somebody who's a preacher. I'm tapping into the spirit. I can see this house. As a matter of fact, I can see a church choir. I can see blinded eyes open. I can see I can see it because I'm not looking at things through my natural eye, but now my spiritual eye. I can see an unprecedented revival taking place. But darkness covers the face of the deep. Darkness is running rampant. Men have become lovers of their own selves. Perilous times, can God move? Can we see revival in our current culture? It's not popular preaching to serve God. Just had a young person early this year. We were in revival this year, early this year. Young girl, probably the age of 15, she went home. She said she heard a voice that told her her life isn't worth living. Hear me, young people. I believe the devil still speaks to our young generation. I'm a lover of young people. 
I'll pray for you young people until the Lord comes back. I'll dance with you young people until the Lord comes back. But you better pray for this preacher until the Lord comes back. But this young person told me, she said, Pastor, she said, she, I, she literally heard the voice of the enemy speaking to her ear and tell her, your life isn't worth living. Darkness covered her home. Darkness covered her life. As a matter of fact, she went home that night. We were in revival. Didn't know she, she went home that night. She took, I think somebody said, three to four doses of fentanyl. You do the math, she should have been KO'd, gurney. She's out of here. But they said when they got there, they couldn't find no pulse. She should have been gone. But for some, some reason, the EMT said, as soon as I laid my arm on her, she couldn't find no pulse. Get her in the EMT, they're going to rush her to the ambulance, and they lost her again. Got her on the bed, and they about the doctor come in, pronounce her dead. She, she, all of a sudden, she, she come back to life. The doctor said, I just left the time to tell her, ma'am, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're doing, but we lost you twice. You should be dead. Then they lost her again. The third time they woke her up and she told her, she said, preacher, when I woke up, she said, the first thing I said as I looked up and she said, Lord, thank you. I'm going to go to church. She said, I didn't know nothing about apostolic. I don't know nothing about this running around crazy people acting crazy business. She said, but I looked over and there's this nurse who had been coming to revival and invited her to church. And she says, you know what? She said, I promised the Lord, Lord, because you spared my life, I'm going to go to church. This woman came to church. We have a Holy Ghost, you know how we have, we don't care. We have a Holy Ghost church, people going crazy. This young lady walks into the church, walks up to the front. She didn't look the apostolic part. I mean, she, she, wasn't, she didn't have the Holy Ghost. She was broken. Her life was full of darkness. Chaos was the current day of her life. As a matter of fact, she told me that her mother was a drug addict. She told me her dad was a drug dealer. She said it run to her family. And the odds were she was always going to be a drug addict. Oh, but what she did. Did not know is God was setting her up for the greatest miracle, amen, that we've ever seen. And she came to that church, threw her hands in the air, and God, I'm preaching to somebody right now, it doesn't matter what your life may be like, it doesn't matter if it's dark in your life, God is able, he's willing, and when God says it's through, it's over, but God still has purpose for your life. God wants to move, but who's going to let him? Darkness covers the face of the deep. The devil has a plan. He's sly. He's cunning. He's deceiving. And his job now is more focused on the church. Not just any church. But he's focused on the ones that possess power. He's focused on the ones that have access with the Father. He's focused on you, and he's focused on me tonight. Point your neighbor and say, the devil wants you. Tell somebody, the devil wants you. Come on, tell somebody behind you, the devil wants you. 
Come on, tell somebody across the pew the devil wants you because you have to know that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. But every now and then you've got to get some apostolic fortitude about you and realize that God called you to be a soldier. And soldiers do not cower when it comes to warfare. But the weapons we use are not bombs and guns. You can take the tanks. You can take the guns. But worship is the way that the battle is won. I'm praying he doesn't take your worship. I pray it doesn't take your praise. But if he can take your worship, and if he can rob you of your praise, he's taking access to the Father. But is there still a worshiper in the house? That said, they that worship him must worship him. I've come to praise God. I've come to let every devil know that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. But we're not backing down. We're not cowering. We're not giving up. We're marching on. What this world needs is a move of God. And I believe more than ever what God has done during this COVID generation, I believe what God has done more than ever is he's put the church on display. God has put us on display because the world says, what is the church going to do now? What are we going to do now? We're going to cut the lights off. God wants to move. It's COVID-19, COVID-20, whatever they want to call it. Times are tough. Times are scarce. What are the churches going to do now? What are those holy rollers going to do now? Let me tell you what I have noticed. I've noticed in my ministry, and it's not just God's ministry through me. I've noticed that in these current days that I've seen more people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost during the COVID-29, whatever you want to call it, than I've ever seen in my life. I've seen people, amen, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, over the airwaves. I'm not by no way saying that, amen, that, that being on Facebook, that's a bad thing, but there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. If they can isolate us from bringing together, then they're convinced that they've got us right where we are. Oh, but the scripture said, I was glad when they said unto me, there's something about being here. Come, let us go. We're not going to say, but let us go into the house of the Lord. Because if I can get in the presence of the Lord, he'll touch my mind. He'll touch my body. He'll heal my heart. There's something about being here in the presence of God. They can cause us to be backed up into a corner. They're convinced that God will not move. God will not respond. But I'm going to tell you, God does his best work in the dark. Hear me, so I'm, I'm preaching to somebody. I just feel the Holy Ghost is, is talking to somebody thought you've had your worst day. God does his best work in those night seasons. Anybody can worship God when the sun is shining. Anybody can worship God when you got there, all your finances. Oh, but can you worship God when the bottom falls out? Can you still worship God when you've got all hell in your life? Anybody can worship God when they got the same mind? Anybody can worship God when you've got no problems? Can you still praise God when the storm clouds are gathering? Can you still worship God when that dog, that bad doctor's 
report shows up at your doorstep, can you still worship God? It's in those times he does his best work. You'll get a full revelation of who God is in those night seasons. Because you learn in those dark seasons when I've got nobody to depend on. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And the devil can't understand why you respond the way you do in your dark season. I know a sister, man, she, she had, was facing cancer. She came in and she said, Brother Harper, I want you to just pray for me. My doctors are sending me home and they're hooking me up on the hospice and they've done all this stuff. Family told me this is probably the darkest time in our family's history. We're going to lose the, the, the pillar of our home. We don't know how we're going to respond. And they would come to church, man, and you could just see a cloud of darkness that covered them. You could be singing songs and praise and worship, and they just break out in tears because they were so broken. And this cloud of darkness had covered this family. I watched them as they brought her in, and, man, she, she tried to worship God, she, but she worshiped God, you know, you know, when you're down to nothing. There's only so much you can do. But she's giving God all she's got. I watched people watch her, man, and they poke fun of her. And, you know, she should be at home resting, but they, they bring her in a wheelchair, and she get up as, as, as slow as she can, and she try to lift her hands, and, and, and she begin to pray, and she sit back down, and they sit her back home. I got up, and I flew back home, and the pastor called me a couple of days later. He said, Brother Harper, you know that young lady, you know the lady we prayed for? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you're not going to believe this. And I said, well, try me, and we'll see. He said, well, I just took her to the hospital earlier this morning, and they were going to just do one final exam to make sure, you know, sort of ease the family's mind. And I said, okay. He said, oh, you sit down. I said, well, I'm walking around the house, but I'll sit down. He said, you need to sit down for this. He said, make sure you got some shout room. I said, it's going to get good. I said, okay. He said, we went into that doctor's room, and we took her, sat down. They needed to run one more exam. They needed to take a little bit of blood from her. So they took this blood from this woman who was just frail, Took a little bit of They went to run these tests, and we're sitting in our office, and, and they told me, sir, you need to leave the room. He says, well, I left the room. It's 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I seen another doctor come through, slam the door. 11 o'clock, another doctor comes through, slam the door. They shut the blinds. He said, this went on for three or four hours. Finally, the doctor says, sir, are you with this lady? He said, well, I'm her pastor, but I'm her only one that's here right now. Well, you need to come and hear this. So he comes in, and they shut the door, and they shut the blinds, and his ma'am said, the reason we brought you here this morning is because we've taken you as far as we can go. We expect you to come here. We're going to get you ready for hospice. We're going to give you something to make you feel good. And your family's already made arrangements for your funeral and everything's in fine. Everything's intact. But we ran a sample of blood this morning and something just didn't look right. So we... We had to run another sample, and we had to run another sample, and we kept in this room, and we called one of the, the head physicians uh, the, at the cancer, and we flew him in, and he, couldn't, he scratched his head, and he had to run another sample. So uh, we don't know how much blood you got left, but what we cannot figure out is this. We brought you here because we we're expecting to tell you that it's over, but somehow... We cannot find an ounce of cancer. I'm 
let somebody know, friend, that in your darkest hour, when the doctors have given up on you, in your darkest hour, that's when the God that we serve, he'll step in on time. He may not come when you want him to. He may not come when the storms are raging. But if you'll hang on and if you'll trust him, he will be there right on time. There's no sickness that cannot stop him. Cancer cannot detour him. If you'll trust him through the process. Come on, I wish you lift your hands right now in this house. Come on, somebody lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, there's somebody in this building. There's a cloud of darkness that's overclouding your life. Lift your hands right now. In the name of Jesus, come on, lift your hands. And I wish you look above that cloud. If you look above that cloud, you're looking up to the heavenly host, and you'll realize that God's greater than the darkness in your life. He's greater than that situation that you're dealing with. Amen. Nothing cannot stop him today. It still takes a moving of God's spirit. If it's going to be, it's up to God. God. Amen. God has the final say so. He's still writing your story. It's not over till he says it's over. God specializes in writing perfect endings to stories. Your story is not over until God says it's over. Hear me, somebody in the Holy Ghost. You're just in another chapter of this thing called life. And if you can look beyond the pain, God's getting ready to turn the pages of pain. And you're going to step into a chapter of joy, a chapter of peace. But in order to get to that chapter of peace and joy, you've got to learn to maintain your integrity through all the pain and the suffering. Come on. Amen. Through all the heartache, through the misery. If you can sustain yourself, oh, the next chapter of your life is a chapter of joy and peace, a chapter of happiness. Oh, in order to experience that, you've got to learn to endure this chapter of suffering, the chapter of darkness. Oh, because you get the revelation, it's not always going to be dark. It's not always going to rain 363 days a year. It may rain seven seven days out of a week. It may thunder and roar 11 months out of a year. But hear me, sooner or later, the thundering has to stop. And the rain has to cease. And the dark clouds have got to roll back. And the sun will shine again. But you've got to maintain yourself in the middle of that dark season. And realize God is working things out for my good. And everything's going to be all right. Because we've been enduring for a night. But in the morning time. In the morning time. I'm going to experience some joy. Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth had no form and was void, but darkness covered the face of the deep. Nothing but total chaos. Nothing but where we're living right now. Nothing but total chaos. This town I'm from, Indianapolis, Indiana, it's nothing but chaos. already had 20 killings at 8 o'clock in the morning. I told somebody the other day, I said, man, we ain't got nothing better to do at 8 o'clock in the morning than just wake up and take an innocent life. 
we have no value on life anymore. The human life doesn't matter anymore when you can take an innocent child who has no voice without any kind of restraints. You can take it, folks, that's nothing but total evil. Evil. It takes an evil person to walk into a school and take innocent kids' lives. Nothing but it makes me sick to my stomach. But I do realize that in the midst of all this evil, God somehow is going to let his light shine. Hear me, somebody. I don't care how many times they kill. I don't care how many times they rob. The devil's not going to get no glory. Because the weep, the Bible says, amen, that where sin doth abound. I don't care how much killing there is, that the grace of God is always going to abound. And what the devil meant for evil, God said, I'm going to take that evil. I'm going to turn it around, and I'm going to get the glory out of it. Makes me sick to see all the evil that's running rapid. That lets me know, church, one thing, that we have no other choice as a body of believers but to have a move of God. Choice. I told somebody the other day, man, I don't care how far I've got to fly. I don't care how many miles I've got to put on my car. If I've got to step in that church house and not say one word and the Spirit of the Lord start moving, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. We just need to learn to throw the program. And I, I understand program. I, I understand all that protocol. But friend, there are times where God is saying, if you'll just throw the program out the door. I, I, I preached a revival for a church one time, Pastor, and, and, and this the first time this ever happened. They gave me this paper and they said, this is the, this is the schedule for the service. I said, oh, that's fine. You know, we got this first song is going to be sung at 11, and 11.03, they're going to be done. I said, there ain't no way in the world. Now, and I, and I believe in programs, and this is taking a little bit too far. 11.03 to 11.06, the next song, and then, and then 11.03 this, and then, then they got the preacher. You're going to preach some. 11.45 to 12, and then y'all said, now that, that's the most definite. <laughs> this, is a, this is a deal where your first impression is your last impression. 11, 11.15, 11.45 to 12 o'clock, you got the wrong guy. So I'm looking at the watch. First song takes off, church is having, and I'm looking. 11.03, they're done. Look up again, next song, they're done. Time for the preacher, 11.45, I'm looking up. Don't even bother looking at the clock because I know I'm not going to be done. 11, 12 o'clock, here come the resistance. I'm right in the middle of the service. I'm going strong. They're playing, just play. You guys keep playing with me. I'm just going to keep preaching. But I learned when I got done. I, I went and prayed. I got done. I never went back. But I've learned, the Lord said, the reason why we don't see move of God like we need to see move of God is because we put limits on God. I mean, I'm telling you, it, it, I, and I'm sitting in my travels, man. We got it to a Brother Harper, it's 10 o'clock service, man. We're going to be down to the buffet at 12. Well, how do you know? We got to hurry. We're going to be at the buffet at 12. Well, you know more than I do. 11.45, we leaving church, headed to the buffet. I'm like, well, how in the world we, how we, are, we, are, we are limiting ourselves from the blessings that God has for us. I, I told somebody, listen, if you want to go to, to KFC, go ahead. You go to the buffet, but there's somebody in this house that just wants to get a hold of God. 
And I realize it isn't everybody. Everybody don't have chicken on their mind. Somebody has a, I need a miracle on their mind. And somebody has a breakthrough on their mind. And somebody has a need in their life that says, Lord, I've got a need in my life. Where the chicken going to have to wait. And the hamburgers going to have to keep cooking. And the hot dogs going to have to wait. I just need you to do something, God, that nobody else can do. I need you to do something, God, that money can't buy. And I refuse to go home the same way I came. I'm taking the limits. I'm not restricting you to just the time clock. Because when God wants to start moving, all hands have got to be on board. That scripture, the Bible says, only that Pentecost, the birth of the church, they were in one mind. Somebody said, on one accord. So, in other words, all hands are on deck. And suddenly they put a sound from heaven as a rush of mighty wind. And because all hands was on board, it filled. Somebody said, what? All, all the house. You telling me, you telling me it just didn't get the preacher? It didn't get the evangelist? It didn't get the youth pastor? You telling me it got the whole house? The whole house? Because, because they were in one mind and one accord. It filled the whole, imagine what could happen tonight if we all just tapped into what God wants to do right now. I believe from the north to the south to the east to west, the winds of Pentecost can blow in this house. And you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If it isn't for the first time, you can receive an overflowing of the Holy Ghost. Because I just believe as a preacher, it's just not a one-time experience. If you have not spoken in tongues today, this thing is for you right now. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can get it right now. We need all hands on deck. We need everybody on board. We need every elder, every Sunday school teacher, every preacher, every pastor. We need everybody on board. Every usher, every greeter, we need everybody on board. And when we all get together and we all lift up God, we'll see a demonstration of his spirit. We'll see his spirit. That will start moving. But if we're going to see a revival in these last days, hear me, hear me. It's going to take a move of God. It's going to take a move. We just got done preaching, and I'm, I'm trying, and I told him I've got to be here by 6 o'clock. He said, I've got to go, folks. You, you can park the cars, but you got to stop. You had all day. You want to stop praying now? People praying, people getting the Holy Ghost. Well, this one little girl, her name is June. June's probably, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years old, I think, probably, if that. I noticed June was deep over here in the left field with her grandma and granddad. June got some hands in there. And I don't know June's background. I know that June had come to visit grandma and grandpa. I know June didn't have the Holy Ghost. But as a young girl, I could see June as though she had the weight of the world on her shoulders. Looking at somebody who's literally broken in the presence of the Lord. And I, I, and I say this again, our young people, they, they fight a lot these days. Our young people struggle. I just had a young person here just a while ago. I'm preaching, and the Lord directed my attention to a story of a young lady I knew years ago who was trying to commit suicide. She was literally cutting herself. And I'm thinking, Lord, why in the world? And you want me to preach a Sunday morning about a girl who was cutting herself. What I did not know, there was a young person in that front row 
who had literally been cutting herself because life to her wasn't worth it. The things that our young people, and I'm a lover of young people. I love preaching youth conferences. I love preaching to young girls. I, I like to get right to where they are. Now, I don't shoot basketball with them like I used to, and God knows I don't step to midnight like I used to either. Once you get 49, you got there's a limitation what you can what you can't do. Now, I, I can shoot basketball with them, and when I make that first basket, I talk trash and I'm done. That's, that's the how I usually go because everybody wants to show up to preach who you should play basketball. And I always tell them, okay, give me that ball. Let me, let me see what I got. See, you guys don't want none of this. I'll leave them alone. This young lady, June, I can see what June is dealing with a lot. I walked over to June. And the closer I got to June, I could see the heaviness on June. June's seven, eight years old. I'm thinking, man, why is a young girl dealing with so much heaviness? I don't know what a home's life is like, but I said, June, God wants to touch you right now. And I realized it's not going to come by what Brother Harper's doing. I need God to move now. God, I need you to, I can't let June go home the same way she came. I need you to move now, God. See, I've learned that people will paint a good picture on the outside, look good, put it. You can even shake a preacher's hand, speak in some kind of tongues, but on the inside, you're broken. You're so clouded with darkness that you're so confused with life. I watched June. I walked up to June. I said, June, this is Brother Harper. You're you going to be my best friend right now. June starts smiling. I said, June, I said, the Lord wants to heal you. God wants to touch you right now, but God wants to touch you from the inside first. I said, there's a cloud of darkness on your life, June, that God's going to move that cloud right now. I'm not going to move, but God's going to move. June threw her hands in, and I watched the Lord begin to move. And all of a sudden, June began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave her utterance. Folks, it's not by words of man's wisdom. This thing's going to happen by demonstration of what the Spirit and power of God. We can go to any kind of place, in, but I don't want to go to no church where the Spirit of God is not there. Because if God isn't there, June doesn't get the Holy Ghost. If God is there, this preacher doesn't get the Holy Ghost. If God wasn't there, you don't receive the Holy Ghost. If God isn't here, nobody gets healed. But hear me, the Holy Ghost is in this building right now. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you brought to the table. There's a God in this house who wants to move that dark cloud in your life and help you realize that if I don't move, it doesn't happen. But the good news is God's ready to move. But it's looking for somebody who said, Lord, I'm going to take my hands off the situation. I'm going to take my hands off the steering wheel, Lord, and let you drive it, and I'll be the co-pilot, God, because I want you to take place, take me places in the spirit that I've never been before. I wish you'd lift your hands in this house right one more time. Musicians, you can come tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house so strong in this building. Come on, let's all stand tonight. Amen. Only way it's going to happen is by God's Spirit. But let me tell you something. Now here's, here's where we make a vital mistake is we, we focus more on the problem. And I'll be guilty. I'll be the first to raise my hand. We focus more on the problems of life than we do the one who can take care of the problem. We can look at the situation and we'll stay focused on the hurt 
and the pain and what life has presented us instead of looking up unto the hills from which cometh my help. Because it's not coming from Wall Street. My help is coming from the Lord. And you got to realize that when you look up, you're saying, Lord, you're much greater than the problem I'm dealing with down here. You're much greater than the sickness of a doctor's report. You're much greater, God, than the chaos of this current world. And God, when I can't move, you can move. And when I can't deal with the issue, God, you can deal with the issue. So, God, tonight, here it is. I'm putting it all on the line. I'm not holding nothing back tonight, God, because I need you to move in this situation, Lord. I'm desperate, God. I realize something, that desperate people. Desperate people. Desperate people. They'll do some crazy things in desperate situations. They'll climb a sycamore tree. They'll press their way through the crowd, touch the hem of his garment. They'll do something as silly as climbing, going up a roof, interrupting a prayer meeting with Jesus, peeling back the roof, getting down to what Jesus is. Desperate people will do crazy things to get Jesus' attention. You know what I realized something about that story is this. We always preach, and I preached it 50, 60, I don't know how many times I preached it. It drives me crazy. But we preached that thing, to, we preached about him coming down. But have we ever stopped to realize in order for him to get to Jesus, the first thing he had to do was get some stuff out the way. first thing he had to do was to get some stuff out the way. He never would have got to Jesus if he had not got stuff out of the way. When you're desperate for God to move, the first order of business is you got to get stuff out the way. You got to get self out the way. You got to get pride out the way. You got to get envy out the way. You got to get your self will out the way because this is not my will, but it's thine will. So if I can remove myself out the way, then that opens up an avenue. Where I can make full connection <laughs> where he is. And when I connect to myself into what Jesus is, I always tell people we were preaching revival here just a couple weeks ago. I'm getting ready to close it. And I told this young lady, I said, Young lady, let me tell you what, raise your hand. She, she raised her hand. I said, These are more than just your raise. I said, But if you do me a favor, God will feel with the Holy Ghost right now. She said, What do I got to do? I want the Holy Ghost. I said, Here's what you want to do. First of all, you got to repent. Second of all, stop worrying about the Holy Ghost and focus on praising God. And then this is what I want you to do. I want you to raise your hands. I said, now this is what I want you to do. I want you to begin to praise God, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to start waving your hands because your hands now, they're serving as spiritual antennas. And when you, you keep raising your hands long enough, you're going to connect into where God is. And when you start praising God and when you connect in with God, he has no choice. I don't care what you're doing when he has no choice. When you connect in with the power source, he's going to come down to where you are. He's going to fear the Holy Ghost. She said, preacher, I believe what you're saying is real. She lifted up her hands and began to wave her hands. And with just a couple seconds, I 
watched the power of God begin to flow. Amen. What was on the inside of her began to move on the outside. And she began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God had given her. I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's time that you tune yourself in with a power source. Tune yourself in with a master. If you want that situation, turn around. If you'll just lift your hands and begin to wave your hands and open up your mouth. There's something from the heavens that will come down. There's a life source that will come down. And God will change your life. Come on, wish you left your hands in this house all throughout this house. Come on, that's to lift your hands and lift your voice. <laughs> Come on, we're going to win this thing. You're going to win it. You're going to win this thing. I'm preaching. You're going to win this thing. You're not going to lose. You're going to win this thing. You're more than conquerors to him that loved us. You're going to win this thing. You're not going to quit. You're not going to backslide. You're not going to give up. But you're going to look at the enemy in the face and say, rejoice not against me, all my enemies. This is my great getting up day. I'm getting up because his spirit's about to move. Here's what's going to happen right now in this house. These praise singers are going to sing on the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I don't have a clue what's going to happen, but I do know this. God wants to move right now. And the question is this. Who's going to let him? somebody. Thank you, sis. Thank you, sir. God, I need you to move on my family. I need you to move. Come on, that's it. Come on. We're not coming because we're perfect people. We're coming because we serve a perfect God who's able. That's it. Come on, ma'am. Come from the back. Come from the front. Come from the rafters. Come from the back. Mother, that tree, he's ready to heal, he's ready to save. 